1: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au.
0: Thanks for joining us for our podcast today for this Tuesday the 17th of July 2012. Now what we're about to hear was taken from the program today on Vision Radio Network and you can tune in to the full 2020 on Vision, that's at Vision.org.au or on AM or FM on over 500 outlets across Australia, between 10am and 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Details at vision.org.au. We've got to focus on Haiti today. It's two and a half years since that earthquake in January of 2010 caused so much widespread devastation. There are mission and aid organisations from all over the world still at work in Haiti, confronting the challenges, but somehow it's slow progress. Even small organisations are taking part in Haiti. One of those is run by an Australian couple based in Canberra. Kay Merritt and her husband are taking teams to Haiti where they've linked with a children's orphanage. She spoke recently with Neil Johnson.
2: G'day, Neil. Great to be with you.
0: Kay, lots of people who've had a great heart...
1: Uh, are really making some impact into communities in Haiti, somehow without the backing of the huge, big aid organisations. But you guys uh, are working there with the Good Samaritan Children's Home.
2: Yes, we are, Neil, and I've got to tell you, one of the biggest uh, things that I, I think is really going to help Haiti out of the hole that it's in, really, is the networking of these organisations. There's lots of non government organisations in there, and if you, if you pulled them all out, the country would lit- literally fall to pieces. Um, and you're right, there are lots of big aid organisations. Of course, they want transparency. They want to know where money's going before they'll put money into Haiti, and that's understandable. But, um, you know, for the folk dealing with life daily there, their life needs to go on. And so you'll find that there's lots of uh, little non-government organisations or uh, Christian organisations that get in to try and help. And uh, my husband Max and I heard about this little orphanage in the north of Haiti and post-earthquake one of the difficulties was that the food skyrocketed and uh, these guys, you know, they had no way of paying for food. Lovely Christian community that uh, took in kids off the streets and and orphans, financial orphans as well as uh, physical orphans, you know, no mum and dad. And we heard about them and I went to visit and, you know, we just thought how can we leave them? we really need to do something. So that's how we got involved, Neil.
1: And you guys are a part of Baptist Church in Canberra, and uh, so when you got inspired, uh, you actually began to make some trips to Haiti and you connected with the Good Samaritan's Children's Home.
2: Absolutely, and and I'm at the um, uh, Hughes Baptist Church here in Canberra and very active church in community. And it actually happened was uh, my husband and I in 2009, we actually did four different volunteer projects and one of those projects happened to be in Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And then, of course, in 2010, we heard about the devastating earthquake and we just knew that one of us uh, should go back. Um, Max was not able to get any more leave from his job, whereas I was able to get more more leave. So with the blessing of my church, I headed off and I spent five months there. Max and I self-funded um, and it was during this time that we found this little orphanage and heard about the needs. Now, you need to know, Neil, that they're actually nine, about nine hours away from the capital if you're travelling by bus or tap-tap, which is just like a... Um a bit of a truck, you know, getting up there, quite rough terrain. So it's, you know, about nine hours away. uh, But the impact, it wasn't actually a physical impact of, uh, you know, houses being destructed and and that sort of thing. But what it meant was food prices, food couldn't get in. And that's why the the value of food sort of tripled. So they were in a very difficult situation. We had 24 kids in there. And uh, by the time that I had met them, they hadn't eaten for a week. And it's so interesting, like they'd been praying. And when I arrived, they sort of said, yeah, we've been praying for you to arrive.
1: And Kay, have you found that there are a lot of orphanages and care organisations that have been set up by smaller uh, aid organisations like yourselves, people with an interest in caring for the poor, but but outside of the big name aid organisations?
2: Uh, Neil, this is very typical actually um, because quite often the big big aid organisations can't easily get in. Sometimes they can, but you'll find that the ones that really succeed well are actually community based and I guess this is why my husband and I really wanted to help uh, with this little orphanage was that it was actually Haitian driven and that's not a big common thing I guess. Uh, most Haitians are, are living from meal to meal, uh, they're dirt poor, they find it really difficult to survive. So for this Haitian community to, to start up this little little home and, and have these kids in here that they saw were the most desperate in their community uh, is just a wonderful thing. So you You'll actually find that with a lot of non-government organisations, they go in and they help where they can, uh, they try to avoid other bureaucracy and all those other things and you'll find that throughout Haiti and many third world countries that they're the, they're the uh, I guess they're beavering away at doing things and they are making an impact.
1: Kay, one of the big uh, concerns with Haiti is the cost of food, isn't it, because food tripled after the earthquake and became beyond the ordinary person, particularly if you're at the receiving end of all that devastation. The cost of food was difficult at the time. I guess that continues?
2: Uh, it does. And just to give you an example, if you're lucky enough to have a job, you'd be earning around about $3 a day. I believe the national wage has just gone up to $5 a day, but not everybody pays that and many people get below that. A twenty kilo bag of rice costs fifty dollars. Um, you know, it doesn't go very far. So you imagine if you divide that fifty by three, you've got quite a few days' work to get that fifty kilo bag of rice. And in fact, that would be eaten in a few days anyway. That twenty kilo bag of rice, I should say. So you know, it just doesn't add up, and this this is a concern. In fact. So bad in some areas, Um, there's an area known called Cite de Soleil, which is uh, near Port-au-Prince. In fact, what the mothers often do is they'll make dirt biscuits. Uh, yes, that's biscuits made out of dirt and that's to feed their children so at least they've got their children eating on something and to fill their little belly. Well, as you can imagine, there's all sorts of parasites that they're ingesting uh, with, the, with the dirty soil. But this is the sort of thing that happens because we're talking extreme poverty and the cost of food is just so unattainable for many families.
0: You're listening to the 2020 podcast from Australia's Vision Radio Network. Don't forget, you can tune in and hear great content like this and a whole lot more each weekday between 10am and 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Find out more details at vision.org.au or just tune in on AM or FM across Australia. Well, Let's go back to the conversation with Neil Johnson speaking with Kay Merritt who along with her husband Max has adopted a children's orphanage in Haiti. Haiti's still in extreme poverty after the earthquake in 2010 that devastated that country. And they obviously have a very big heart for these children, a mission that's driven from their Christian faith, no doubt.
2: I think the thing is, Neil, that the, the Lord actually commands us to look after the widows and the orphans. And, and it's not about whether we'd like to or not. I really feel that the word actually compels us and says, look, this is... This is what we must do. And I I guess, you know, my heart is open to kids. That year, 2009, when Max and I travelled, we actually uh, met lots of kids in very difficult situations. And quite often, all they want is just an opportunity at life. I mean, you look at these kids who have nothing, and yet they can flash the biggest smile at you. And you just think of some of our kids here in the techno age, and they've got every gadget. Uh, In some ways, they're they're just as isolated. Um, But, you know, these kids without much money or no money, um, they're just amazing. The resilience amazes me. And I just think, well, the Lord's called people like myself and anybody else who will listen to his word to help where we can. So it's not like we're any any sort of great human or anything like that. It's, we're just carrying out the Lord's word. And of course, when you see kids in this sort of situation, how can you turn away and say, oh, look, thanks, I've seen what your needs are. I see that you're sleeping on a dirt floor. I see you've got respiratory problems from the fire that you've got to cook over. I see you don't have any food, but I'm gonna head back to my house in Canberra and uh, just live my normal life. You can't do that.
1: Okay, one of your roles as the project manager for this Good Samaritan Children's Home is that you're putting teams together and taking teams into Haiti.
2: We are, and uh, I've got to say, I wasn't quite sure how that would work. It was, you know, it's sort of a first. Uh, quite a few years ago, I used to get involved with taking young people over into the South Pacific and, and doing what we call a hands team helping a nation develop and serve and This is sort of a whole new ball game it's a, it's, Haiti is considered the only fourth world country um, in the world, and so it 's tough life over there, and I have to really prep people. Um, but our first team was last year, and in fact, it was a very small team. It was my husband and I. It was a retired gentleman called John, 65 years of age, and a lovely young man called Joachim, who was 20 at that age and, um, at that time, and he comes from Michigan in the States. And so there's just the four of us, and the team it actually went really, really well. But I had to prepare the team and let them know that, you know, you might see things that you've never seen before, and that, I think that preparation is really important. Uh, but remind them, like John, one of his concerns was, Kay, I don't have any really big skills. And I said, you're a male, you're a male mentor, you've been a father, and there's some basic things you can do like carpentry and that sort of stuff, but it's also just about loving the kids and showing them a good male role model. And, of course, Joachim, younger, 20, lot more energy, um, you know, loves to play with the kids. So the skills that we have that we, we often don't think we have, or well, we actually do have a huge amount that we can give to these people just by loving them and just helping them with everyday stuff. So certainly been an interesting journey. This year we went uh, again, we took another team. This time we took John. John came back willingly, which was lovely, and it was great that he kept that connection with the, with the kids at the orphanage. Um, and we also had two uh, young ladies who came along with us, and that was just great. We built a chicken pen, affectionately known as the Hen House Hilton, uh, even the boys wanted to sleep in the chicken pen because it looked so fancy. Um, and I guess the important thing, nearly is, is not only just doing things for people, but doing alongside them. So the volunteer staff at the orphanage, there wanted to learn how to use the drills and the hammers and the saws and all that sort of stuff, as did some of the older boys and older girls. So they got to learn how to put a chicken pen together, chicken coop together, which is just fantastic. So they're life skills for them as well.
1: Kay, you remind us that Mission isn't just for big organisations. It's people like you and your husband, Max, who can also lead the way in that area. I'll point people to your website at www.maxandk. That's Max N K with a C. That's C A Y. Max N C A Y dot com. And uh, Kay, uh, thank you for being with us today on Twenty Twenty.
2: It's been my absolute pleasure. Thanks, Neil.